0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode forty-two of Two Lovens Baseball. as usual, I'm alongside my dad, Chris, and let's switch up the order a little bit. Chris, how are you today?
1: I'm good, Dylan. It is a beautiful Thursday evening.
0: It is indeed. And this episode will be released at approximately four o'clock on Thursday. What is it today? Is it it's September fifth? Thursday, September fifth, is the date of this episode. So, talk, which we will have when we talk about the NL and AL playoff race, will be dated as of September 5th, and no further date than that. So if you're listening at a further date, you will know that our standings are dating back to September 5th. It was a good week for the Blue Jays, and we had a prospect debut. TJ Zoik made his debut uh, in Atlanta on Tuesday. We'll talk about how Anthony Kay's turned this weekend in Tampa Bay. We'll talk about the Blue Jays getting no hit by Justin Berlander. We'll talk about the National League playoff race, and we'll finish things off with the American League playoff race. And I already asked how you were today. Are you excited to get going through the episode?
1: Well, I am. I am. It's getting to be playoff time. Well, playoff race, anyway.
0: Yes, it is. September baseball, very exciting. Even though the rosters expand to twice or almost twice the size of what they were before. Which is ridiculous,
1: but I'm happy to see that go away next year.
0: Yes, in case you're unaware of the rule, next year the rosters during the regular season, during – April to August will be 26. It'll be expanded from 25 to 26. You can carry 26 players on your roster at all times. And then in September, you can carry 28 and not 40. So there is a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of roster growth in September. Still allowed, but not all the way up to 40, which is a little bit ridiculous. Better farm systems, an unfair advantage when it comes to September. But let's get right into a team with a good farm system, the Blue Jays. And TJ Zoic made his debut, one of the Blue Jays' top pitching pro... Of Wilmer Font, who was the opener. Zoik was touched up for just two runs on a misplaced pitch to Josh Johnson, which resulted in a two-run double. People were talking coming into the game about how Zoich's sinker really played. His slider also looked really, really good. The Braves had a lot of ground balls in the innings. pitch. What were your thoughts on his debut?
1: Well, I'm not really sure you're gonna to have to ask me the question again because you were really cutting in and out there.
0: That's great. glad to know we're <laughs> having technical difficulties two minutes and 52 seconds into the episode. In case any of you did not hear as well, Tuesday night, one of the Blue Jays' top pitching prospects made his Major League debut as TJ Zoich got the call and pitched four innings in relief of Wilmer Font, who was the opener. Zoich was touched up for just two runs on a misplaced pitch to Josh Donaldson, which resulted in a two-run double. People were talking coming into the game about how TJ Zoick's sinker really played, and his slider looked good, too. The Braves hit a lot of ground balls in the four innings he pitched. What were your thoughts on the young man's? Day? I think it was good.
1: I think it was uh, it was something he should be proud of. I mean, you know, he pitched pretty well for a debut for uh, uh, a young prospect. I like the the Jays to really start to actually start these guys. I don't I don't like this whole approach of the opener and then put these guys in. I get it; it's kind of eased them into the league. Blah blah blah. You know what? They never used to do that, and it worked just fine. I, I don't think. Uh, I like this whole opener idea at all, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that some of these guys coming up are going to be able to take starting roles and kind of kill this whole opener thing. I, I just hate it, and, and uh, but I thought that he did in his four innings, he, th- he did very, very well.
0: Well, you know, you take a look at how the Jays brought up Jacob pack. He started out with an opener ahead of him, and now he's pitching without one, and he's been doing pretty well. So I think that that's eventually what they're going to be doing. And I think that in Zoik's next appearance, which will likely be, I believe, on Monday or whenever the Jays' next series start starts after this Tampa series, he will be on the mound in the first inning. He will be starting that game, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's what, I, that's what I'm hearing right now. And that's what I think should happen. You know what? I like the opener for one game, their first game in the big leagues. Give them some time to get used to it. Face the bottom third of the order or bottom two-thirds of the order uh in in their debut just to kind of ease them into things yes they're all very good major league hitters but they are at the bottom of an order in atlanta where you have ronald acuna you have ozzy albies freddie freeman josh donaldson all residing in the top of that order that's a very very dangerous top four right there and then you've got guys like dansby swanson following and matt joyce who's been a great pickup for them that's a dangerous order and tj Zoick, i thought did a great job and I do like the opener in that sense where it kind of eases the players into things. I noticed the, the old, the grumpy old man in you came out when you said, I don't like it. It worked just fine before. And now, and now they're trying new things. So I like the opener uh, for Major League debuts. I thought Zoic did a really good job. Were you impressed by his sinker?
1: Uh, I was, yep. I was impressed by everything. I mean, you know, he looked like a professional major. And I think, you know, he's got a good future ahead of him with one of the best names in baseball, Zoic.
0: Yes, it is. T.J. Zoic. What a wonderful name. And let's talk about another Blue Jays pitching prospect. In fact, their uh, second-ranked pitching prospect only behind Nate Pearson, Anthony Kay. Uh It was also reported that he would be among the Blue Jays' September call-ups, which we predicted as well. Kay, of course, was the big piece in the return for Marcus Stroman. If he's going to make his major league debut, the Blue Jays have an open slot on Saturday. Unless they choose to bump up, I believe it will be Trent Thornton, possibly Clay Buchholz. If they choose to bump one of them up to Saturday, which they will have five days of rest with the Blue Jays off day uh, yesterday, that will amount to five days for that Saturday starter. It could be Anthony Kay because they have an open spot there, or they'll put Buckholes or Thornton, whichever one gets that start, in that Saturday hole, and Kay could make his debut on Sunday. That will give four days for Wilmer Font to rest. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays do something similar with Kay to what they did with Zoik, where they have an opener. Kind of easing them into things. When do you think Kay will make his debut, and what do you think Jays fans should expect? That well,
1: I expect his debut will be very, very soon. And I think the you know that I wouldn't I wouldn't put too many great expectations on him yet. He did very, very well in AAA, and um you know, and 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 I think you can't translate that in any way to the big leagues. So uh it'll just be the adjustments he makes to major league hitting and. uh and hopefully he makes better adjustments than Sean Reed Foley ever did.
0: Yes, we can hope. And it seemed like he uh, he had a turning point when he got to Buffalo with the Bisons. He's had two bad starts with them uh, out of, I think, the seven or eight that he's pitched. He has an ERA somewhere around two or, or low three. He had one bad start last weekend, his final start in Buffalo this season, where he got touched up for three earned runs, uh, but nine total runs. Those were all based on errors, of course, from defense so nine runs only three of them were earned still a lot of runs to give up in a game he only pitched two and two innings, so he had a little bit of a rough start in his last outing but i expect him to bounce back and i know it's the major leagues i know it's quite a bit tougher to pitch at the big league level than it is in AAA. but the way he pitched uh as soon as he came over to the blue jays organization i am really really hoping he can translate some of that into the big leagues and i i wouldn't be shocked if we see a case where like tj zoik Anthony Kay leaves the pitch up accidentally on a guy like a Josh Donaldson. I, I believe he'd be facing Tampa Bay. If he starts this weekend, I don't know who he'd be facing if he starts on Monday night, but uh, if he does face Tampa Bay, they have good hitters in their order. Like a Tommy fam who has been really good this year. Austin Meadows also a big name in their lineup. So if he leaves the pitch up, I wouldn't be shocked potentially ripped for another double or maybe even a home run. You should expect rookie mistakes from these guys. Because these guys are still very young pitchers. They did a great job in the minor leagues. All of them did. Pearson did a great job. He's not going to come up in September. Uh, Kay did a great job in Buffalo and a great job in double A with the Mets. And Zoic has been great in his return from injury this season. All of these guys did great things in the minor leagues. But you are still going to see some rookie mistakes where they throw pitches that they were able to get away with in the minor leagues that weren't that big of a deal, that were not hit hard, that will be once you get to the big league level – for example, the pitch from TJ Zoick where he threw a slider up and into Josh Donaldson, obviously missed his spot there. In the minor leagues, maybe a guy who gets tied up and swings and misses into that pitch, but not in the big leagues, not against a guy like Josh Donaldson who ripped that one for a double. And it ended up scoring the two runs that TJ Zoic allowed. Other than that, Zoic looked really good. And I'm hoping that Anthony Kay can have a similar debut, maybe go a little bit longer than just the four innings. And we should expect Zoic will do that as well in his next appearance. Because TJ Zoic is a guy who, in the minor leagues, was known to be a pitcher who went deep into ballgames. Often pitched seven or eight innings for Buffalo, whether he allowed no runs or whether he allowed three or four he has always worked deep into games, and I wouldn't be shocked if he's able to go six or five or six innings at least in his next start, more than his four. And I'm hoping that they'll let Anthony Kay, if he's able to do that, go five innings perhaps as well, because Zoik only went four. And Kay is not as known as much of a as as much of a workhorse as Zoik is, but uh, I am certainly hoping that they let Kay go longer than Zoik, because you know what, Zoik didn't have that bad of an outing, did he?
1: No, no, it was great. I mean, he gave up a few runs, but I, hey, you know what? Uh, that's going to happen, especially in a major league debut. And uh, you know, it, it won't be the only time he gives up. What was it? Four runs? So two runs. two runs. No, I thought he had. Oh, we gave up four that day, right?
0: No, Font gave up two, and then he gave up. That's two. what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like the Jays, yeah. I kind of gave up four. Well, don't say he gave up two if you mean the Jays.
0: Moving on now to Jays game at Rogers Center, and everyone going pitching you can't really expect it was going to be a good pitching matchup because the blue jays had the opener Wilmer Font going for that game and uh, the Astros and Justin Berlander, you knew you were going to take pitching performance but weren't really sure what to expect blue jays it was pitchers doing nothing nothing to the top of the night when Giles a lot of two canadian Quebec native Abraham Toro the Astros ahead two not Justin Verlander threw a no-hit. It was was a great game to watch if you were a fan of the game and if you are a big pitching guy. It was a great game, a fast-paced game. Kevin Vigio was the lone base runner. No surprise there. He walked in the first inning against Verlander, the only guy to get on base. This was Verlander's third career no-hitter and second against the Blue Jays. Both of those no-hitters against the Blue Jays have been in Toronto. What do you think went wrong for the Blue Jays?
1: Hitting. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those types of no-hitters that you don't want to see. You know, you kind of cheer every pitcher on when they're about to throw a no-hitter, but this time I didn't, and that was because this was the second no-hitter that Justin Verlander had thrown against the Blue Jays, and so I was not looking forward to it. I was hoping they'd break it up. They didn't. Uh, you know, it's good learning experience for the kids. It's good learning experience for the young guys on the team that, uh, you know, it's not always going to go their way, and there's a chance that uh, you know they could get no hit let's hope this never happens again with the lineup that the Jays are, are procuring but uh at the moment you know well they're brand new this was uh, it was a no hitter nonetheless and it was Justin Verlander again who has proven his career is far from over
0: yeah and you know what this guy ages like a fine wine he just seems to get better with age every year that goes by his numbers just seemingly get better and this year he threw another no hitter against the Blue Jays. And- as you mentioned, no, no Blue Jays fan was really rooting for him, if you remember the no-hitter in 2011, and that's one of the no-hitters that I actually remember uh, because of the fact that I was, I, was, I was watching it. I was so upset. I was, uh, I was distraught at the fact that the Jays just got no-hit by someone. I was like, this can't be happening, and and it happened again. So you know what? Like you mentioned, the Jays have a great lineup on the way or in the big leagues now with Kevin Biggio, Vladi Guerrero, Jr., Bo Brichette, and... Uh, Lourdes Gorial Jr., who was not in the lineup in that game. A great lineup on the way, and hopefully next time they'll be able to break the no-hitter up. But it's, it's one of those no-hitters where you're like, dude, you've had enough no-hitters against the Blue Jays in your career, which is one, and one is already too many against a certain team. Or in a career, most guys never get one no-hitter. But uh, he's had three now, thanks to that one. And the Jays just didn't have a great approach to the plate. And it, I mean, it wasn't a bad approach, necessarily. There weren't too many chases. I mean, Randy Telez had a few pitches up where he chased and those weren't exactly nice to see but you know it wasn't a bad approach just Verlander just was just better and you could see it you could really tell in the last at-bat of the game when Bo Bichette grounded out to Abraham Toro Verlander blew a fastball at 97 right down the middle past Bichette he just wasn't able to catch up and Verlander just outpitched the Blue Jays hitters who didn't really have a bad approach to play but weren't very good either well, we'll talk about the American League postseason picture in a little bit, but in the NL, it's been an absolute dogfight. Currently occupying the two wildcard spots of the Nationals, who are seven games behind the Braves the NL East lead, and the Cubs three games behind the Cardinals and three behind the Nats for the top wildcard spot and the NL Central lead. In the hunt of the wildcard are the Phillies, who are two and a half out, the Diamondbacks, who are three and a half out, the Brewers, who are four out, and the Mets, who are four and a half out. With all of that being said, and the Brewers having the easiest schedule on paper out of all the teams currently sitting on the outside. Do you see any changes? Here? No,
1: I still, I still don't. I, I, I think, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, the standings now and I, and I, I mean, obviously Milwaukee does have an easier schedule, but they're still four back and, uh, and I don't foresee them catching Chicago at this point. I, I, you know, and nobody's catching Washington. I think Washington's pretty much solidified that spot, but, um, uh, but I think, uh, I think you know, if there's any change, I could see maybe the Phillies potentially catching Chicago. I don't see Arizona doing that. Um, so the wild card, I think, is pretty close to set in the National League. Or not set in the National League, sorry. It should be, in fact, a, a bit of a game between those two. I don't see Milwaukee being a part of it, and I would say the Mets are out of it.
0: Yeah, and as much as I would absolutely adore to be rooting for a former Blue Jay and Marcus Stroman and the Mets to make it into the playoffs, I don't see that happening. So you can eliminate them four and a half out. It's just too far. When you've got uh, what? How many games left? Max twenty, depending on the team. So it, it's too far out. For the Mets to come back, the Brewers, maybe. And you know what? I only say maybe for the Brewers because that team is a very, very good baseball team. And they won the uh, National League Central last year. Not sure what's going on this year, but they've got a very talented ball club there. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers go on some magical run. And even if they don't make it into the postseason, if they miss it by half a game, or they wouldn't miss by half a game at the end of the season, but if they miss it by one game or two, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. The Diamondbacks, I see them being out at three and a half. I feel like there's too much ground to make up, and I don't see that team being as skilled as the, for example, Brewers or Phillies because they just don't have a star player on that team. Eduardo Escobar has been phenomenal ever since coming over from the Minnesota Twins in a trade last year. He's, I believe, fourth in the American League in RBI, or sorry, in the MLB in RBI. So he's been great as a Diamondback, but I don't see them really coming out of nowhere and, and, and gaining those three and a half games on the Cubs and beating them for that second one out of card spot. And as to the Phillies. I could see it happening. Bryce Harper is a very good baseball player. And as much as I like to chirp him, he is still a great ball player. I wouldn't put him on a superstar level. I would say his personality is more of a superstar personality than his stats show. But I think he could, He could potentially carry the Phillies into the playoffs because he's had MVP-type seasons before, and they're going to need him to go on an MVP-type run into the playoffs. And they're also going to need that pitching staff to be quite a bit better because it has not been as good as it was last year. And the offense, I don't know what happened in the final weekend of the season for the Phillies. They just dropped out of the wild card there. So I can see the Phillies potentially coming back, but I think you're right. The Nationals are deadlocked in a playoff spot, and they're not catching up to the Braves. They're already seven back of them. In the American League now, it's more of a three-team race for the wild card—one in each division. The Rays, who are nine and a half behind the Yankees, occupy the top wild card spot. Cleveland, who is six and a half behind the Twins and one behind the Rays, uh, are are along, are tied with the A's for that second wild card spot, who are nine and a half behind the Astros and one behind the Rays. Three teams currently trapped in a playoff spot, with Oakland and Cleveland being tied, and the A's only playing one team above, currently above five hundred the rest of the way
1: who do you see pulling through i don't know it's a tough call i almost even maybe see a play-in game here but uh you know i don't know if that's even possible but i I would bet it is and, and it'd be kind of a nice thing to see a game 163 uh, i mean maybe not to play for a wild card game that, that would kind of suck for the teams but for baseball fans it'd be fun and uh you know i it's kind of an interesting race because it's a dead heat right now and uh I, uh, you know, I, I think that my prediction would still be Cleveland um, to get that spot in the end. But Oakland's sure made a nice season of it, and uh, and it's possible that maybe it's them. And and you know what? The funny thing is, it's possible even the Tampa Bay drops back, and one of the other two teams takes over from them. So uh, and for the top spot, and then Tampa Bay has to face one of those two teams. So. Who knows what's going to happen but uh but it you know it's it's a fun race to watch. I mean the the divisions are pretty much wrapped up. So um you know maybe not the uh, central but no, the, the, so uh, Cleveland six the other and a divisions half are the twins. so I think it's I think it's pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't call that wrapped up just yet. Very close though. Well, the other two are are definitely wrapped up. So yeah, I mean, you know, it looks like uh it looks like there's opportunity for a fun one. Yeah, and race. I think, you know, what
0: Judging at what I see on paper right now, unless the A's were to have an absolute flop of their next 20 or so games, I see the A's getting in that wild card spot and I see the Rays maintaining the top spot. In what I can't say that, I think that the A's make it into the wild card for sure because of their schedule. They only play one team above 500 uh, for the rest of the season. So I can see them for sure making it into the wild card. I don't know if that's as the first wild card or the second wild card. Because right now they're only a game behind Tampa Bay for that first wild card. So I, I don't know who's going to make it between Tampa Bay and Cleveland. I feel like the A's are almost a lock unless they have a flop of, of majestic proportions. But uh, you know what? I can see the A's making it. And I see, I don't know, it's tough. it's tough to say between Cleveland and Tampa Bay. If you had to make a wild prediction right now, who is that top wild card?
1: The top yeah, wild the card? The number one
0: wild card in the American League.
1: I still think it's Tampa Bay, but I don't think it's going to be by a lot. And, uh, you know, and I do think there's a chance I could be wrong on that. But I still think yeah, it's Yeah, you Tampa know
0: what? Bay. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to go with you there. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be a Tampa Bay-Oakland matchup in the two smallest markets, in the MLB will be facing off in a one-game or in a one game playoff in the wild card game in the playoffs. So thank you all very much for tuning in to Episode 42 of 2 Baseball Talk, and we'll see you all next week.